0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, Turn with me this morning to uh, Acts chapter 4. Okay, let's read from uh, Acts chapter 4. And we're going to read to verse 22. Acts chapter 4, verse 22. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in prison until the next day, for it was already evening. (coughs) But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about five thousand. On the next day the rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and and Annas the high priest was there, and uh, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were high priestly descent. When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, By what power, or in what name, have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and leaders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands before here before you in good health. He is a stone which has... Uh, which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no one else, no other name under heaven that has, gone, that has been given among mankind by which we must be saved. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply verse 15. But when they had ordered them to leave the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, What are we to do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place to them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let's warn them not to speak any longer to any person in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak and teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, make your own judgment, for we cannot speaking stop speaking about what he what we have seen and heard. When they had threatened to threaten them further, they let they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened, for the man on whom this miracle of healing had been performed was more than forty years old. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. And so this is a continuation of uh you know what we read yesterday. Uh a reminder that they were going to Solomon's colonnade, the temple, the backside, uh the terraced area. This is where the Jews and the early church was meeting. Um they were going at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and on that journey they came to uh, uh someone who was Uh, had a disability from birth uh, for more than, you know, almost 40 years. And uh, it's a bona fide miracle. Uh, Nobody can deny that this was the power of God. Uh, Nobody could deny that it was a miracle. Um, And these religious leaders are perplexed because, they're perplexed because this whole time, I mean, it's kind of sad. They they think they're on the right side of the law. They think absolutely that they're following or doing right. Uh, in the same way that Paul, uh, Saul, who who later later will be introduced, uh, was fervently you know passionate for God, persecuting what he thought was uh, a sect or, or, or a, a you know a, a, a heresy. And and it wasn't until uh, Saul would have this encounter with the Lord, this deep personal encounter with the Lord where he would realize that he'd been following God out of uh, 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 fervency, but for religion and not, you know, didn't actually have a personal relationship uh, with God or the Lord. And so these guys are, they don't know what's going on. they, They cannot deny that this person that they've known, that the whole community has known for 40 years with this ailment has been healed. Uh, and so when they call him out and uh, basically ask them in verse 7, uh, By what power or in what name have you done this? By what power or by what name have you done this? And I think that we have to, as believers, just always be reminded. You know, when, when someone gives a compliment... You know when someone says, uh, 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 you know, praises you. You know when 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 you recognize, you know, there are times where you just you, there's just a self awareness. Man, I'm 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 blessed. You know, God has you know made such provision and and where I am and 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 you know not everything is put together perfectly, but I, I can still attest that there's favor in God's provision. Man, we we have to acknowledge, we have to cultivate, we have to. Uh, create a culture within us and within our community where we're constantly giving praise and thanksgiving uh, to God. By what power and what name have you done this? Have you ever uh, walked into a restaurant? And uh, I don't know if you guys do this, but I, I do this all the time. I walk into a restaurant and the first thing I do is I, I look around and see what other people are eating. And, 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 and it's, quite, it's quite easy to tell if you're in a restaurant that's packed. And if you look around and, you know, uh, uh, if there's like 10 tables... Um, and 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 seven or eight of them are eating the same thing, right? It's it's pretty apparent that there's a there's a popular dish, and oftentimes I'll ask. You know what the popular dish is, but sometimes I'll, I'll just look over. I'll look over at the next table and I'll, I'll see what they're having, and, and you know, and I'll say, you know, wow, that looks really good. That you make it look so good. You know, what? Are, and I'll ask the waiter, what are they having? I, I want to have what they're having. And the goal as a believer is to live in such a way in our lives, in, in the way we deal with circumstances, in the in the wheel, in the way we deal with both successes, right? It doesn't get too much into our heads, but also when we deal with failures, it doesn't bring us down so much. To live in such a way that when people see us, because they are watching, you know, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your family, I think family is one of the places where, oftentimes you don't, uh, uh, maybe not, you don't go into such depth in discussions of spirituality and things like that, um, you know, for various reasons, but it's one of the places where they make observations all the time. And so we have to live in such a way where they would look at our lives and and see the difference and the transformation and ask that question, man, by what power, you know, are you doing this? You know, what's, what's, you know, what, what are you having? What, what, what's, what's different about you? What's, what's so special about you? You know, I've, I've noticed that, that, you know, in, in our in our meetings and in, in our in our projects and you know, uh, work meetings that you know, when when other people are worried about retrenchment and and uh, uh, not getting bonuses and all that, I, I notice that when everyone throws up or rolls their eyes, that you're you're totally at peace and you, and you have this confidence about you and you have this peace about you, uh, uh, you know, little you know, things like that, you know, go go a long way, and so, the goal as believers is to live your life in such a way. That when people look over at your table and they want to say, man, I wonder what they're having. And they may even come and ask you, hey, what, what is it about you? You know, and then you have an open door. When a person comes and says to you, hey, can I ask you a question? You know, like something about your character or something about the way you work. That is an open door. You know, I mean, like. That is an open door for us. I mean, for them to come to that place, you just have to absolutely believe that it's a divine appointment. You know, you can't just be like, oh, well, I'm just like, you know, I studied really hard. <laughs> you know? I mean, if you do that, that's like the Lord is like, you know, he's like putting his, you know, or maybe not him, but I am. I'm like, you know? And, and that, and consider that an open door invitation. If people have been asking you that or have asked you that in the past and you haven't introduced in some way or form your faith or your belief, uh, the next time it happens, okay, reminder from your pastor. It's an open door invitation for you to say, "Well, you know, I, I you know, I don't know if you're a, you know, person of faith or, or or religion, but you know, but I, but I believe in God, and I, and then and then just make it very personal. You share your testimony, and and in so doing, you're saying they're saying by what power? I mean, if I can translate, they're basically saying, we you know, by what power or by what name are you living a life such as this? You know. And uh, you have the privilege, then, right? You you don't have to seal the deal. You don't you don't have. There's no pressure about closing the deal, bringing the person to salvation. But you can, de- at the very least, deposit a seed. You can, at the very least, introduce the name of Jesus, or at least uh, uh, your faith, or the way you live out to them. And then and then you just deposit that, uh, uh, and then and then you you know entrust it to the Lord. Um, our, our witness, and, and I was thinking about this the other day, our witness, I, you know, sometimes I feel like we, we, we look at it as it's um, like something we have to conjure up, like it's something outside of ourselves, right? I mean, I mean if, if, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, evangelism, witnessing, you know, this, we're, sometimes we, we're stuck with this idea that evangelism and witnessing is for the evangelist and the witnesser right? Like like it's, a, it's a, you know, those that are gifted in it. But actually, all of us are called to be a witness. All of us are called to share our faith. And so, you know, I, I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes it feels like something we have to conjure up, something we have to muster up. Okay, it's something I should do. To, you know, I, I certainly love the Lord and I believe in it, so I, I should live out in this way. It's, it's, you know, it's like something we have to convince ourselves of almost, and that's not what, that's not what witnesses. That's not what the disciples are doing. And that's certainly not how you and I should be approaching witnessing. Witnessing is not something we muster up. Witnessing isn't like I had a good quiet time. I feel the presence of the Lord and I'm feeling it. And so therefore I should, you know, really witnessing, you know, Paul and, or sorry, Peter and John and these guys, I don't think they have a choice. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I don't think it's something they like turn on and off. Witnessing is simply this, they're so impacted, God has, you know, touched them, they have encountered the Holy Spirit, they're so filled, they're so impacted, that they can't help but to tell people about God. And so it's not this like, this is something I should do, I have to, you know, know, emotionally prepare myself. They're just impacted by God. They're just blown away by, by the resurrection, by the power of God in their own lives. And so it literally just flows out. And so, I, you know, I, I was just thinking about this the other day, and like this idea of why do we feel like it's a necessity, like something we have to do, when actually it should be something that just naturally comes out of us. You know, and so that just began to make me think it's, it has to do with the level or degree that I feel impacted the level and degree that I feel that this message is life to me has been so impactful to me and so it's it's in some sense it's it's how my response to the gospel it's my response to the activity of God and the impact of God in my own life that then you know overflows and 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 so these guys you know I don't think anyone told them to do this they're just filled with the spirit they're so impacted they're so you know spilling over and, uh, you, know, they, you know, the Scriptures tells us in um, verse 13, and I love this verse, I love this verse, you know, this doesn't just apply to, uh, uh, you know, new house church leaders or, or you know, uh, uh, ministry volunteers, and oftentimes, in any capacity, <clears throat> you know, many times people come in, and, and Pastor Sam, I don't feel qualified you know, I don't feel like I have what it takes to be a spiritual leader as a house church or to lead a ministry or or, or even to be a you know lay preacher. What, what are my qualifications? And uh, in verse 13, I love this verse and it's a reminder to all of us and it's not just in the context of, uh, you know, church context or, or, you know, spiritual matters. I absolutely believe that these, the principles of the kingdom of God, the principles of the kingdom of God when applied in all arenas, in, in, in all cultures, in all places of life, in your marketplace, in family, that that unprecedented favor and the presence of God will, will permeate in all that. It'll make you, like, having intimacy with God and closeness with God will make you good in everything you do, whether as a mother, as a father, as a, as a, as a sibling, as a, as a child, as an employee, as a boss. And so verse 13, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. They simply observed that these men had been with Jesus in one way, they're looking at him and saying, there's no way you could do this. You, like, I know who you guys are. And so, it must be God. It must be God. I remember, you know, I, I, uh, we have a pretty huge family in, in, in the California, Southern California area, and uh, I have about 11 uncles and aunts, and they're all quite tight, tight-knit. And my dad is the youngest of, of uh, you know, 11. And... um it's kind of funny, his older sister, they're twins, twin, twin sisters, and then he's, he's the youngest, but, you know, they're like in their, they're like in their 65, 70, right, and we're all living together in the same area, and, and it's the funniest thing to see a 75-year-old older sister feeding my dad, 70-year-old, you know, as, as her younger brother, and so he's just like, like would like hand feed, and so, uh, anyways, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're quite close, uh, and so my aunt, um, and this is around the time I had this uh, radical kind of a recommitment and conversion uh, after having left the church for about a, a period of time had uh, an encounter with the Lord. And, um, you know, firstborn in my home, uh, all the firstborn privileges and all that. And, um, you know, uh, I think it was like our second or maybe even our third, like, new car. And, and my parents said, here, you know, why don't you drive it? And I, and I told them, uh, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm fine with the... You know, it was like a 10-year-old uh, Toyota Corolla. And I, I said, why don't you let my sister drive it? She's never had a, you know, first-time, you know, car. And, and my parents were shocked. And then my aunts found out about it. And, um, and, and I had to take my aunt somewhere one day. So I think it was kind of like mixed in with a complaint. You know, I had to take I her. Had, I, had, I had a huge dog, and there was dog hair all over the back. And, and she's like, hey, man, why are you driving this car? In one sense, she was asking that because she had to ride in it. But the second part was um, like, and she said this. She's like, what's going on? And like she almost said it like it was dissatisfaction. she's like, "Why are you so humble <laughs> you know It was almost like she was upset and and I just said i, I you know I, I don't know i just i just um i've had this encounter you know i, I i've I, I don't feel the need to have to have these things you know and and I just felt like you know the Lord wanted to bless you know someone else you know or, or my sister so to say and and um I mean, you know, it was undeniable. You know, in my family context, in our sort of family values and culture, in the in the broader sense of the family, it was countercultural. You know, it was totally opposite. You know, they they didn't know. You know they, they they could they could only ask questions, and I, and then I could point them and say that oh, you know, it's like I, those things don't have value to me anymore. I'm not I'm not trying to be like religious or or stand out or anything. I just this like I really doesn't this really doesn't mean anything to me. Um, and, and so that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, an opportunity to present that type of faith. And, and you can do that, too, in your homes, in your families. It's, it's not as far-fetched. It's not as far out there, you know. Sometimes it just feels like uh, uh, being a witness to our families is like, just seems like the most impossible thing, but it's not. They're the first to notice. They're the first to notice your value systems have changed they're the first to notice that things you used to get really fussy about you don't get fussy about anymore. They're the first ones in their heads even if they don't, if it takes a while before they say you know they'll be thinking like what is going on? And you and and, and we all have that opportunity. I, you know and, and I just kind of want to make that encouragement because you know this idea of witnessing and, and verse 14 is is the, is my favorite part and seeing the man the 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 testimony of this man who'd been healed um, these guys who, who went to elaborate schemes and successfully murdered the Son of God are, are, are relegated to this statement. They have nothing to say in reply. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. There's nothing more they could say or do other than an empty threat, which was, hey, don't talk about Jesus anymore. Right, but because all the people had verified and had witnessed, uh, I mean, they basically become uh, uh, defanged at least for this period of time until they can come up with something else. And the response of the disciples are, uh, "We cannot stop speaking. We cannot stop speaking." Um, they're utterly speechless. Uh, Peter uh, is quoting scriptures, proclaiming the word, proclamation in faith. In confidence, in such a way that they recognize this must be the power of God, and so in the same way, you know, in your ministries, as as you're being, some of you may be being asked to to serve in some capacities. It's not by your. I mean, I mean, the solution, you know, confidence, power, security, identity, right? If you need, I, you know, I I almost want to be careful. Not to make it a formula, because in the nature of, in the heart of man is that, oh yeah, I want these things, so then I'll do this with Jesus. Okay, don't, I'm just saying, when you spend time with Jesus, when you intimately spend time with Jesus, it's very simple. Your identity becomes secure even the strongest of you and the most accomplished and successful. We all at times have issues with identity, right? No matter what position, high ranking, how many, however many years you're in your industry, there are all of us at times, you know, on a bad day or a bad week or, or you know, God forbid, a, gap, a bad month or a season. And, and the, you know, not the solution, but the, but the source, right? Not as a solution, but the source. We spend time with Jesus Jesus secures our identity and foundation. And no matter the storms and the winds and the waves that come your way, in any aspect, in any capacity, you will have confidence, power, security, and identity. Right? Again, I'm a little uncomfortable because it's a bit nuanced. You know, we're not seeking these things, you know, we want these things and be successful, and therefore I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Not at all. The, the, the natural byproduct of having a secure, intimate relationship with God, is that it overflows and defines everything that you do. Amen? And so this, this is what's going on with Peter. He's just, man, he knows that he knows that he knows. He's, he's confident. He's, he's not afa- afraid of death anymore. He's not afraid of people anymore. He's not afraid of public speech anymore. right? Because it's not about him. Right? This is a platform and an opportunity where Jesus gets to be proclaimed. And so in that sense, he, he's kind of out of the picture or out of the way. And Jesus is centered. And Jesus is his foundation. Uh, I'll close with this last uh, point. Uh, in verse 8, it says that Peter was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So you, you may have heard um, you know, once saved, always saved, or or the the moment that you believe, you have the Holy Spirit. The Scriptures tells us that the moment you confess, or or when you believe in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is a deposit, is a seal, is a promise from God. So when you believe, right, uh, you can only say Jesus is Lord if God is already moving in your life. You couldn't even say or scripture tells us you couldn't even profess Jesus, you are Lord, unless God was revealing Himself, unless the Spirit was already moving in you. And so, when we get saved, uh, the Holy Spirit indwells in us. The presence of God, we, we you know lives in us. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's a deposit. It's our promise. That's how we get saved. It's it's our covering. It's our atoning. That's the key. You know, in, in, to getting into heaven. And so, it's a one-time deal you know the holy spirit comes you're saved you believe you're now uh, born again you're a son and daughter of the most high and then you read through scriptures even jesus even peter right even as they're already filled with the spirit then you'll see a statement that reads like in verse 8 peter being filled with the holy spirit then jesus was filled and you know filled with the power of the holy spirit and this is a continuing, ongoing thing. If you've ever wondered why, so does the spirit leave and come back, you know, go and come back, and is, is, it, is it always there? Once you're a believer, it's always there. But the, the kind of the, I don't know if this is the best uh, uh, illustration or picture, but it's almost like a pilot, like a pilot burner. Do you guys know what a pilot burner is? Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, uh, I, I don't think they do, and now in Singapore, when you turn the, your oven gas on, there 's a spark and then it catches uh, 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 and then the gas goes on uh, in the old days. they would just have a, a, a little lit pilot, and the gas would constantly be falling twenty four seven it 's just a little thing and then when you turn the gas on, it would catch before they had the the, the you know electric flint uh, you know for we don 't have these here in Singapore, but I grew up and we have uh, heaters in our home, same thing you have this huge you know, heater uh, 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 a device in your home and underneath it would be a pilot. It would be lit 24-7. It would never go out. Almost like a candle, right? And so when you're saved, right, there's this fire, there's this holy presence and it's like a pilot that's lit forever and never goes out. Whenever you see in the scriptures where it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, the best illustration I could give of you, to you of that is like someone turned on the gas, right? Someone like cranked up the gas and the fire just lit up and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And and that's what's happening here. And as believers, yes, we're saved. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit. But man, we want to be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. And there are you know, places of grace beyond ourselves where by God's divine appointment, He'll turn up the gas and and the Holy Spirit, you know, will be filled with the Spirit, whether it's in a sermon, whether it's serving, or whether it's in uh, uh, small groups. But I think, you know, our goal is to continually cultivate a heart of humility, a heart of seeking God, a heart of contending prayer, fasting, not just on the 21-day fast, but as seasons and times during the year, and this is places where we seek the presence of God and the filling of the Holy Spirit. You have a, you have a, a, a huge project coming up. Uh, you have a, you have a ministry assignment or or, or something that's coming up. You, you got to preach or or a, 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 you know it's a retreat coming up. Man, we 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 get on our knees. We get together and we're saying, God, we want more of you. We want you to turn up. You know your presence, so to say. And when he, when God turns up His presence, that's when the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, comes out, and so I, I hope that you know makes makes sense to you guys. And so that's what we want, guys. We want to be walking in a perpetual filling of the Holy Spirit, right? And we'll leave it up to God to the top ups and and, and to the amounts. But but our hearts. I mean, I mean, think think of it this other way. You know, uh, 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 a pilot. You know, I, I you know I don't think it, 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 theologically it doesn't doesn't ever like go out. You know, if if anyone got saved and and then Live the, the rest of their lives in, you know, total in, in denial and rejection of God. You know, it's not that they had the light and then the light went out. It's the question is, did they ever have the light? That's that's you know. But but that's matters that are not up to you and I. You know, we leave that up to God. We're not in the business of judging whether or not people are saved. And you know, we love everyone that comes in through the doors. Um, but you know, there are certainly moments where it flickers, <laughs> right? Where a wind blows and like, whoa, you know. Or, you know, if you've ever seen a candle or a match, you know, all the way on is, you know, it's getting quite low. And um, this is a beautiful picture. Uh, I read this. Uh, it was a pastoral, uh, uh, Some a pastor was sharing this, and it was talking about church members. And there was this one church member that had left the church for, like, you know, however many years, just uh, hurt. Uh, you know, some internal, uh, uh, you know, came about by, by, by themselves, but some external as well. And... Uh, came to meet with the pastor, and just, just to spend time hadn 't seen him uh, for a long time and, and uh, I forget all the details of it, but they were it was cold, it was in winter, they had a fireplace, and they had all, all these coals, and um, there was a coal, and they were just sitting together. it was just like an, it was an object lesson, an unspoken object lesson, and there was a coal, you know fire or, or, or an ember, and the pastor took that ember. And then he put it to the side of the, of the fireplace. And immediately, the, this once you know burning red ember turned, turned dark. right? And, and everything else in the center was burning, and there was a fire. Uh, and then after like 10 minutes later, it, it, was, it was clear, it was, it was cold, it was not emitting any heat. 10 minutes later, he then picked it up, and then he put it back in the center. And immediately, within seconds, it started to warm up and started to glare red again. Uh, and, and, and the picture is basically, you know, when you're outside of community and versus when you're inside of community. And being inside of community is one way that we keep kind of the, the fire warm, keep it going. If you ever find out, if you ever feel like you're, you're, your heart is cold or if you ever feel like you're, you feel distant from God, you know, you're, you're, the picture of that is that you're that cold that's on the outside, that you're out of community, you're out of connection, you're out of connection with God. And... Uh, I don't want to say that you can only connect with God through the church, but it's certainly one of the high priorities and ways that God intended that we, that we would experience him. And so then, when, you know, if you feel distant from God, if you feel disconnected to God, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years almost as a pastor, simply come closer to the center where the fire is burning, which is your church, which is us gathering here together in the EMP. Amen. Uh, let's bow our heads this morning. And so just come before the Lord this morning. And I, th- I think the prayer this morning is really simple. Lord, I don't want my witness or evangelism to be work. Man, why do I always feel like it's work? Lord, can you remind me once again you know, what it was like to be saved you know, my, my, my first love, the first time I remember God, how much you love me, the first time I came to that revelation, and the impact, and, 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 and just the raw desire to please you. Lord, I need that impact again. God, it is natural to love you. God, but there are, there are these things in the world that make it unnatural that distract us. And so, Lord, during this season of fasting, God, would we once again deeply be sensitive and impacted by your love? God, I want, I want to be impacted by your love in such a way that I cannot contain. Nobody has to tell me that it just flows. And Lord, let me be a witness to my home, in my own home, God, and live in such a way that literally people would have, they wouldn't know what to say other than by what power. God, I absolutely believe that you can impact and transform our families. And just uh, as you're continuing to pray uh, throughout this week and and the next couple weeks, you know, just have this image, you know, of Lord, you know, praying, Lord, more of you, more of your presence, and then the Lord turning up the gas in your life, and the more of your presence and the more of his spirit that is in you, I mean, he will guide you, he will walk with you, he will lead you, you'll be blessed, and you will be a blessing.